Our meditation for today is on our Old Testament reading, Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. Hear the word of our Lord. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord, and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have a little bit of an eschatological topic, don't we? The prophet Isaiah is writing about a, a time in which we don't see a lot of the troubles that plague this world, plaguing this Jerusalem, this city here. It says, No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. My goodness, no more infant mortality. No more old people dying. No more dementia. No more Alzheimer's. No more crotchety people on walkers breaking their hip because they walked and stepped just the wrong way. None of that. Old age should be as youth. And he says, for the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. And we hear that and we wonder if maybe the premillennialists are right. Is this a state in which people still die, but things are way better than they are today? Well, I know this is a sermon and not a Bible study, but I can tell you that the language here is hypothetical. Even if there should be a young man that dies, it would be at a hundred years old. And my goodness, if there was such a thing as a sinner a hundred years old, he would be accursed. It's not that Isaiah is saying this is how it shall be in this eschatological state. He's saying that things will be right. Even the hypotheticals, so to speak, are made correct, morally so. We don't hear about sinners anymore who live to a hundred years old. Even the notion of it is accursed. And the young man, well, he's young even if he's a hundred years old. That's what Isaiah is getting at. It doesn't point to some millennial earth dictatorship of Christ or something like that. 
Besides, that's not Isaiah's point. He is honing in on Jerusalem. Jerusalem, he says, a new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. We understand this to be the final day, the eternal and blessed state, a new heavens and a new earth. But when he says in verse 18, Behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness, he's referring to a new Jerusalem as well. He's honing in on this. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. Why? Because it is new. It is a different Jerusalem than the current Jerusalem, the earthly Jerusalem. In fact, for that matter, it's also a new Israel. Because God says here he creates Jerusalem to be a joy. He is creating a Jerusalem and also her people to be a gladness. He is creating a people to be a gladness. It is not the former people. It is not the people who were at the time under the old covenant or those people today who presume themselves to be under that old covenant. This is a new people for a new Jerusalem. This is somebody made new and born again. This is the church, and the new Jerusalem is her home. But that leads us to ask the question, what about the earthly Jerusalem? What does the scripture say about today's Jerusalem? What does it say about that great city? Well, it says that that is where the prophets die. And in Revelation 11, verse 8, St. John writes, Their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. Jerusalem of today is called Sodom and Egypt. It is called Sodom because it is the home of degenerate practices. It is called Egypt because it is the home of idolatry and vain philosophy. In fact, if you read up on the Egyptian religion, it includes the deification of man. Men who would assume themselves to be gods, a political religion. Sodom and Egypt, that is what Jerusalem is today. And St. John calls it that symbolically, knowing very well that this is where our Lord Jesus was crucified. This is the earthly Jerusalem. What do we hear in verse 20? No more shall there be in it, the new Jerusalem, an infant who lives but a few days. But in today's Jerusalem, what do we have? We have abortion. We have infants cut off before they are even born, let alone living a few days. And by all means, certain people who would hail from there would just love it if we had post-birth abortions. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Is that how today's Jerusalem was reestablished during the Nakba? Is it? When an entire people was expelled from their homes and hundreds and thousands of them died, were pushed into exile, their villages burned down and destroyed, their vineyards trampled underfoot, their women raped, their children dashed against rocks, without the command of the Lord, of course. Nobody was building houses and inhabiting them in the old Jerusalem. 
They took over that which was already built when it was first taken during the conquest of Canaan. And today, things aren't built there. Not by God's people anyway. Not by the new Israel. Nobody's building things like that. No, instead their land is stolen. Their homes are taken from them. Others move in and inhabit them, that which they did not build. Verse 22, they shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. My goodness, are the people of God enjoying such a blessing now? Of course not. Sodom and Egypt moved in. And they made such destructive actions that even if you should so much be there and commemorate the day this happened with sorrow, you're going to get harmed. You will get harmed so badly by those people who wish you would forget what they did to you. Oh, earthly Jerusalem today is a veritable symbol of evil. Oh, Jerusalem today is full of idolatry. Idolatry of false religions. It is full of sin. It is full of the celebration of sin. And all manners of fleshly things that make it Sodom. And the people of Sodom and Egypt triumphantly raise their hands and celebrate the death of others. If ever there was a place that humanity should repent of, a place that mankind should see as a very symbol of our sin, a symbol of our pride and our wickedness, it is earthly Jerusalem. It is absolutely this one spot that has been the center of human strife now for over 2,000 years, where even the Son of God showed up to save people, to offer them salvation, and they had him crucified, nailed to a cross. This is why our Lord says he's going to make a new Jerusalem. He will create a new Jerusalem. He will create it to be a joy and to create a people to be a gladness. Right now, tragically, the earthly Jerusalem is referred to as a holy place. Of course, it's called Sodom in Egypt in Holy Scripture. It is a wicked and disgusting place. But isn't it just like mankind to find this one spot in this say, we can trust in our works here. We can pretend we are holy. We can pretend that our heritage and our history makes us a holy and great people worth something as though we had merit. Look at how many saints lived here. Look at how many people were just so good. And I'm not just referring to the church with her storied history of possession of Jerusalem. Oh no, this also applies indeed to Islam. This applies to Jerusalem. It is the home of all sorts of people who would be justified by their works and claim that they were special. And that this place, this Sodom in Egypt, belongs to them. Well, let me tell you, beloved, I don't want to claim Jerusalem. Do you want to say that you own Sodom? That that's your baby? Do you want to say that you own Egypt? That yes, those statues, those pagan temples, everything there, that, that belongs to you and you're proud of it? Heaven forbid. Give me the new Jerusalem. 
Give me the new life. I am a new creation in Christ. When God says in verse 18, he will create a new Jerusalem and her people creating a new people to be a gladness. I want to be one of those new people, don't you? I want to be made new in the waters of my baptism. I want to have a new home that is free from my wicked tendencies. I want to be in a place and to be the kind of person that God says, you are gladness to me. I want to be in a home where God says, you are joy to me. I want to be in a place where God says, no longer are you going to even remember the shame of your sin. I'm going to put you to work in a joyful way. There's never going to be another curse here. Rejoice in that. I want to be in a place where you can be with a little wolf and a little lamb and they're going to graze together to see a lion eat straw like an ox. I want to be in that home, in that Jerusalem, not today's Jerusalem, Sodom and Egypt. I want to be where we don't have an entire culture, an entire country devoted to devouring people. I don't want to see people here who act like they are the wolf devouring the lamb. I don't want to see the lion devouring every little thing it sees. That's what the devil does. He's the one who prowls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. I want to go where there's peace. I want to look forward to that. And God has indeed promised us that we are made new in the waters of our baptism because the very Lord who was crucified outside of Sodom and Egypt, outside of earthly Jerusalem, went through that to make me new, to make you new, whoever is a baptized believer in Jesus Christ. Now, why am I hammering on baptism? Because that is what makes you new. St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6 that we die in our baptism. That old man dies and God recreates you to be a saint where formerly you were a wicked sinner who belonged in the worst oubliettes found there in earthly Jerusalem. And if you are a new creation declared a saint in your holy baptism, declared righteous by your faith in Jesus Christ, then you get to belong to the place where God says they shall not hurt or destroy. Let us put our faith in Christ. Let us rejoice that we are a new creation. And may we not take possession of an earthly place that is so wicked that Jesus says stones the prophets that kills all who would heal her that refuses to listen to the pure word of God I don't want anything to do with that place I want Christ I want the new Jerusalem I want to be with him let us look forward to his return when all of these things shall be fully established, instead of pining for some spot in the world, whether it be Jerusalem or, I don't know, San Diego, wherever you belong to, it does not matter. Because after all, the rest of the world right now is being degenerated into the image of Sodom and Egypt anyway. There is nothing for us to say, oh yes, this is my holy place where I can pretend to be holy. No, God has promised us something so much better that we must hold on to. We are strangers on this earth. 
and we ought to act like it as well. Holding our head high and rejoicing that we have a brighter future than Sodom in Egypt. Sodom was destroyed, fire raining down from heaven, its destiny was to be burned. And Egypt suffered the plagues, suffered everything in Egypt, was made to be destroyed. We escape that fate knowing that we are new and we have a new home to look forward to. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.